0: b'shem Hashem welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. This week Shabbos, Parshish V'yeshev, Shabbos M'varchim, R'schidish Teves. And for practical purposes, Erev Hanukkah. dedications remain the same. Ephraim, mm-hmm. Elochai, of Taflipe. Dorit, Basri, Moshe, Levi. Erev, um. Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. So of course we're going to need to find some connection between Pashas Vayeshev and Hanukkah. More importantly, we are coming off of the Yom of Yutes Kislev. Celebrated Yutes and Chof Kislev, Rosh Hashanah the The great miracle of the al Rebbe being freed from prison. And the connection that we have to this. The end of the parish talks about Vayi Hashem as Yosef Vayite Elav Chosed Vayite Enchinoi Vayinei Sar Vesasoyer Yosef found himself in prison and the Baizaya, the prison guard was intrigued by him, shall we say, impressed by him, and slightly taken aback and revered him. And the story of Yuteskisle the Al we know was arrested right after Sukhis and taken it for treason, one of the crimes that he so-called committed because he was sending money to Yedzisrael to the poor people, which at the time was under the rule of Turkey, and therefore they said he was sending aid to the enemies. And of course the disseminating of Hasidus. Which rocked everybody's boat, especially let's call them the antagonists. People were very strongly against Chassidim. It wasn't just a dislike. If a person was a Chassid and it became known after a marriage, the family would insist on annulling the marriage. Chesidim would be beaten times. As the Altarebbe carried on the legacy of his teacher, the Rav Magid, who carried on the legacy of the Baal Shem HaKadosh Yisrael Chassidus, as we know it, is a fundamental of Judaism it's not just a philosophical study it's not simply welcome Atlanta it's not simply a secret of the Torah it is, it doesn't it is considered Teres Hanistar but Chesidus is a way of life teaching us how to behave how to act how to live how to forgive how to overcome trials and tribulations last night listening to a fabren from one of our Rabbanim He was depicting the concept of Hasidus not just as a way of life, but a way of controlling everything that goes on in your life. Knowing godliness, understanding and recognizing godliness, and recognizing the connection that we have to God, is how one lives. And we'll hear this in the Parsha, Me'etz HaShem. And we will hear this when it comes to connection to Hanukkah, and so much more so when it comes to Yud Tes The Altareb was arrested, he was taken in the black wagon. The Amadeus black wagon was a wagon that everybody knew was the death sentence. It was used for the worst of prisoners, the worst of criminals. And as they were traveling, it was Friday, midday, about six hours before Shabbat. Still, and the Al said to the driver, "We need to stop." driver said, who are you? Do you think to tell us what we need to do? said, so I want to stop here for Shabbos. I don't want to go further. I don't travel after Chatzes after midday Friday. Needless to say, the guards had no interest in what the Altarev had to say and had full intention of continuing their journey until the axle broke. And the axle broke and immediately the soldier in charge sent one of his underlings to the nearest town to get it fixed. And he came back and repaired it. And no sooner had they started to go when one of the horses died. And again he ran and he immediately replaced that horse, determined to continue on this journey, but the horses could not budge the wagon. The wagon was not going anywhere. At which point they realized who they were starting up with and they all acquiesced to the request of the Altarebbe. And the Altarebbe said, let's pull here to the side, there's an empty field. And that is what happened, they pulled over and spent Shabbos there. It is said, it is told that one can find that very spot where the Altarebbe spent his Shabbos. For there's a tree where the Altarebbe spent Shabbos there, there is a tree there that bears fruits, whereas the other trees around don't. They say that is, of course, caused by the Holiness, the Kedusha, that the Altarebbe brought to that spot. And so the lesson to us, Zalt Rebbe was Mesa Nefesh, literally gave up. was ready to give up his life for Limud HaChasidus. The lesson to us is the importance and the relevance of learning and studying of Chasidus on a daily basis, whether it be two three lines, whether it be an entire Maima, whether it be a perictanya, But on a daily basis, one should be involved in the study of Kabbalah. Yisrael Ohav, as Yosef Mikolbanov, the twelve children of Yaakov and his daughter were a relatively happy family, barring for the, barring the fact that there was a slight jealousy between them, as Yaqiv showed favor to his Yisif, who Obviously, as we know, was not his youngest, Benjamin was, but he understood who Yisif was, what Yisif stood for, what Yisif's value was, and therefore showed favor to Yisif. And the journey that Yasef travels in this week's Parsha from sitting on his father's side literally on his father's lap and studying and becoming a, and being a prized student of his father's to being ripped away sold as a slave and even worse a prisoner in prison but then rises up to glory, to power as the second in command to the king of Egypt David Melech says to go in the ways of the sheep of Yosef let us internalize the life of Yosef his mission his journey into our way of life we begin with Yosef very comfortable very very happy very spoiled in his father's very home and that is so enjoying blissfully everything being spoiled and loved by his father. Yaakov even made him a special coat, special garment, and he studied with him Torah day and night. Whereas the other brothers were shepherds and they had other things on their hands, although they too studied Torah as a shepherd out in the field together, but they didn't study with Yaakov. this was the most glamorous, glorious time in Yasef's life under the tutelage of his father physically, spiritually, it was perfect and this is how our Nishama, our our holy soul finds itself prior to coming down into this world into our body in a place of in a height in a in a enlightened glorious place literally carved out from beneath the throne of God, God Almighty Thriving on the energy, soaking in every moment of pure spirituality from God Himself. It doesn't go up from there. There's no up, That's, that is the up. After that, the child is in the womb of the mother he's still in a blissful state protected welcome Scranton protected, shield and the malach sits with him and studies the entire Torah with him great stages of life great stages for the holy nishama. What happens afterwards to Yosef? Unfortunately his bubble has burst. And he goes down, Yosef hurad mit was lowered down to Egypt. Sold as a slave. And then ultimately thrown in prison. This too spiritually has a stage the young soul the young child being snuffed out being cut out from the tent of Terah, of being by Yaakov's side and where does he go to from the highest to the lowest, to the Nitzrayim which is known as Ervas Oretz, the most despicable of the lands a land of impurity of horrific trials and tribulations this is the lowest place that one can end up in the generation so too as we see the Neshama Tahira coming into this world. It falls from the highest rooftop to the lowest place. A place of light and spirituality and holiness directly next to God and goes into a physical body to the world of falseness. To the mundane world. And now it needs to deal with and contend with all the different trials and tribulations, all the different tivis ailam, and all the tests. It hurts. It pains the Nishama. And the Nishama cries out and yearns once again to be with its father. But at the end, Yaisub Atsadiq rules Egypt. He gets to one of the highest positions possible, even greater than being next to his father. Spiritually, he also rose that high. As he's known as always as Yosef HaTzadik. Because all the tests that were thrown at him in Egypt, he overcame. Never to succumb to the worst of worst. And this was a pretty bad place to fall. But Yosef Hurad Mitzrayim was brought down. It's not he wanted to go down; he was forcefully brought down. and Yosef conquered and ruled the evil, and thereby raising himself up even higher. This is the message for each and every one of us, our Neshama taira that comes down into this world. Into the Mitzrayim. Into the boundaries of the body. Into this world, the mundane world. And to come down with the Yitzhahara. And to rule and to be able to conquer all the different tests that we go through all to complete what God's mission and God's request is. At that point, when one does overcome all these tests, and is with all the mitzvahs, he gathers together, and he utilizes and strengthens all the kaychas that were given to him from the highest of high, from before His Nishama came down into this world. And my friends, we go through many different trials and tribulations. And we get to a point sometimes where we ask, Lama, bachemo, Why? Por Farvos? In any given language you could possibly think of, Porquá? Why are we doing why are we going through this? Why is this happening to me? Am I so bad? Am I so evil? Am I so wicked? The tests that I'm being put through. Whether by some people Rahman it's illness, some people it's money, some people it's the children, the nakas, And some people that don't have simchas and they just don't have joy in their own lives. And some people that just don't recognize that they're in Gullus. They'd go golfing on their spare time. And they open a Gemara from time to time, they go to a shir. They dab with a mini basically three times a day. They have an income covering their expenses. They have, Baruch Hashem, beautiful children. And they don't even think to ask, why? Why am I being deprived? Because we don't even necessarily see the deprivation that we're being deprived sitting here in this Golis, being an Ashama Beguf. We also don't understand for those that one of the sons suffer. And they say, I may have done something wrong, or two or three, but how much do I need to be punished for this? How much do I need to be repaid for what I've done? whether it be struck with an illness or struck with a malady, whatever it might be. And then we say, we pray to God, please forgive me and please take away this malady. Take away this illness from me without any pain, without any desire, without any efforts. and we beg and we plead of our barakah to remove this from us and we don't necessarily see immediate results and the famous story over and over of the little girl who was playing with another girl's bicycle borrowing the bicycle and the girl that owned the bicycle was not a religious girl and the girl that borrowed it was a religious girl And one day the non-religious girl says hey you know something we're friends I don't really mind lending you my bicycle if I'm not using it anyway at the time but tell me something you always talk about Hashem about God why don't you pray to your God or to our God or to whoever it is that He give you your own bicycle she said okay I will and the next day the girl comes again to play and says, can I borrow your bicycle? And she says, what happened? God didn't answer you? And she said, of course He did. He did, then why are you borrowing my bicycle again? He said, no. Can we accept no for an answer? Is it not the most painful thing in the world to know that I went out there and I prayed my guts out, and I asked and I beseeched and requested, and came home and came in empty-handed? Even worse than when I started, it's not a human being's regular, simple mind to accept that we live in a world of mashed potatoes of, of uh, not mashed potatoes of uh, instant instant mash, instant this instant that mix it with water you have it we want instant results to our prayers Rebayin I daven to you, I pray to you to take my malady away to make me better to make things go better for me I don't want it to affect anything in my life anything in my future and yet it persists Rebbeinah British why? why? this is a question we ask over and over and you don't understand we don't understand or feel where the answer is but to be able to accept it to be able to live with real true emuna with real true belief in god that god has a plan and everything will work out for the best is gamzu Teva. this is a madrega this is a level which is not one simple to ascertain One needs to have belief in God belief in our religion and belief that everything is done for the best. When the Nazis in came to France and took over France people were told to get identity passes and they asked different things ethnicity uh, race, religion and the people obviously were scared to write Jew because they knew the consequences that would follow at the time the Rebbe the Rabbits were living in France. And when the census came to the door, the Rebbe was not home. And the people in the house were concerned what would happen if the Rebbe would be known as a Jew, as everybody else. So they just wrote Orthodox. Orthodox. Clap cop, figure out yourself. The Rebbe came home and they told him what they did, the Chachma. The Rebbe was not pleased. And the Rebbe immediately marched to headquarters and said, I need to fix my paperwork. My paperwork should say Orthodox Jew. I am a Yid. You're not taking that away from me for a moment. I don't want for a second even. People should think I don't associate myself as a Jew. I don't think of myself as a Jew or I won't declare myself as a Jew Yosef we know has the dreams he is the Balach and as he tells the dream of the stars and the moon that come to bow down to his star The 11 stars, the sun and the moon, come to bow down to me. Yaakov understood immediately what was going on here. Yisuf is going to be a king. And the mother and the father of Yisuf, with 11 brothers, will bow down to him. Will be subservient to him. And although openly he mocked it, within within him, though, he believed it. And therefore the passage says, His father watched, he kept the secret. Rashi says, What was he holding on to? He was waiting and anticipating when Mashiach will come. When will he become a king? According to Rashi, the words, it seems that Yaakov was like somebody waiting for some good thing to happen. But what good could there possibly be of a child becoming a king and a father bowing down to him. Ki Biskor Gimara in Brachas <laughs> Taf Nun Hey 55 Amr Aleph, Side 1 since we're going to be starting again after the Siyah Mashas we're starting again in Brachas so you'll soon learn it. And the Gemara says, There is no dream without without frivolous statement. After all, the sun and the moon referring to his parents and Rachel already passed away. So how would she come to bow down to him? Therefore, he said, this must be the Dvarim B'telem. This must be the waste of words of of naught. And therefore Yaakov knew that he would ultimately bow down to Yisuf. But that the mother would bow down to Dvarim B'telem. Yaakov, who held the value of this dream it is not to dissect each part of it, so therefore it becomes gathered with but the essence of the dream, the fact that Yosef will have a kingdom. This is what Yaakov in the heart of hearts was anticipating. Yosef represents Kelal Yisrael. Noyei Katsayin Yosef. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Manig. Katsayin is Yosef, is on Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Shepherd. And Yosef is on Yisrael. Yosef's speciality over the rest of his brothers was in that he stood with attachment to God, even after going down to exile, to going down to his goals, even as a mishnah Lamelech as the second in command to the king, and ruling and run, run, running the ship. Still, in all, he did not let allow a thing to to affect. But to intervene with his attachment to God. And this therefore being Nayek At saying being that each and every Jew is like the shepherd of like the sheep of Yesaf, therefore this is given to each and every Jew. And this is his tafkid. This is his mission. remain attached to God in exile with all the troubles and trials and tribulations of the world Parnosa, etc when the Jews are on the level of Yosef this brings about the strength the special strength of Yosef HaTzadik and this therefore establishes, stands strong the Jewish nation. And this therefore is what Jacobina awaits We know that in the time of Mashiach there will be Mashiach Ben Yosef and Mashiach Ben David. Yaakov Avinu you know, awaited not only the Malchus of Yosef Mitzrayim, but the Malchus of Yosef of Mashiach Ben Yosef, of Mashiach Ben Yosef that will come as a preparation to Mashiach Ben David. This is what Yaakov actually is awaiting, not just the going down to Egypt and Yosef ruling over Egypt, but more so, the ultimate lost love of Mashiach Tzadkenu. And this gives us strength to overcome our our exiles, overcome our personal goals. And for us to wait, when will come Mashiach Tzadkenu and redeem the Jews? So much more so in today's day and age, if Yaakov waited then, how much more so now, when we are at the precipice, we are at the doorway, the entrance of the Geula. And we therefore have to wait for the redemption for the light of Mashiach, in a way that each and every one of us will see this with our own physical eyes. The Geula, Amit So Yosef is sent on a mission. Yaakov Avinu sends him to go see where the brothers are. Yasef goes on his father Shlichus to visit his brothers. And he knows that they are shepherds and they were their flock in Shechem and the Taylor tells us Yasef is journeying down to the road and he meets a person Rashi tells us this person is Malach Gavriel and he says do you know where my brothers are and the man says to him Nos they went from here I heard them talking and saying they're going to go to dayson And now she explains, according to the Medrash, according to the hazal that in these words the Malach really wanted to warn Yesuf Don't go. They only have ill intent about for you. And he says, Nos They went off of this. He's hinting that the brothers departed from the brotherhood, departed from the unity of the family. Neel The angel is telling him, the malach is telling him, seek for yourself <speaking in Hebrew> proper ways that you can involve yourself in Yisaf was warned that his brothers wanted to kill him and yet he continues his journey wow this is pure this Nefesh On Jesus' part. To go and to fulfill the command of his father, even at a price which means his very, very life. This awakens several questions. First of all, what did his father actually ask him to do? go see of the what's the peace how peaceful your brothers are and Vashivani and come back and tell me so I ask you Yosef, if you get yourself killed can you come back and tell your father what is happening no And your mission is to come back and tell your father how your brothers are doing. So, getting yourself killed is not an option. And the main point here is, main question involved, what permission did Joseph have to allow himself to be killed for this? On the midst of Kibadav. There's only three mitzvahs of Yarek Val Yavr. Three mitzvahs that one needs to kill themselves before God forbid committing them. Gile Eloyus, Shri and Avid That case... And there are those that hold even that even mitzvahs that you have that are yareg v'al yaver. There's also mitzvahs that, that told you that, that tell you clearly, yaver v'al yareg. Don't do it, but don't get killed. A person is not obligated to get himself killed on these particular mitzvahs if he chooses to give his life. So according to the opinion, it's a a charity. But we need to know understand now what Yasef was doing. What was he thinking when he chose to sacrifice his life for this mitzvah? The explanation is hidden, is brought down in the words of the Rambam. Where the Rambam talks about mitzvahs that you need to do and a uh, uh, that you have to complete but not get yourself killed for. Which are if he's an Adam Godel V'Chassid a great person, a stern personality, a Yiddish Shemayim. and he knows that when he does this it will cause it'll have a great ripple it'll have a ripple effect people will see this and it would cause terrible terrible effect have terrible effects then a person has permission Godel, to be made a nefesh on this mitzvah so that people should learn how to be careful about it and the same with our Yadam Yasef saw that his brothers were not being careful they were not being meticulous in the mitzvah of Kibidav They killed the entire Shechem. Yaakov was not in favor of that. They hated Yisuf. Yaakov was not in favor of that either. So obviously they were not in the right stead they were not in the right frames of mind when it came when it came to Kibadov. so Yosef needed to teach them a lesson He did to teach them that one e- needs to even kill themselves for the mitzvah of Kibidav. Similarly, we find this when it comes to the story of Hanukkah. Parshav Yeshiv often comes out in Hanukkah itself. And in this case, as we said, the era of Hanukkah, practically speaking. In the situation of those days, there was no obligation about the CEO and his children to endanger their own lives. And to go to war, the ma'atim against the rabbin, the weak against the strong, the few against the many. But they didn't make any calculations of the sort. They understood that this battle needs to be waged, this war needs to be waged. And therefore they made no cheshbenes, no calculations, ready to give up their very lives to honor God. And then, therefore, they were merited to all the miracles that we have in Hanukkah. in the schus of this mesidus nefesh, they found the park shem and toher. They found that one vest, that one jug of oil, sealed with the seal of the king <speaking> godol. <in Hebrew> which symbolizes the ultimate point of the Jewish nation that there is no impurity that could come to this for it was sealed totally and they merited to light the natives for 8 days and establish the 8 days of Hanukkah which are upcoming <speaking in Hebrew> and who is the one that paved the road for this Yesef HaTzadik with Yesef HaTzadik showing he was ready to be Nefesh for something that was not necessarily something he needed to do but to drive home the point to drive home the message for himself for his brothers for his generation and all the future generations from that, we have the Yomtuf of Hanukkah. Yisuf at was, meets his brothers. And as he meets his brothers, they want to kill him. He the dreamer. Let's kill him. Ruvein stood up and said, No, 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 hold on, hold on. We're all here. Binyamin's too young to help father. Someone's got to go back there. I'm going to go back and you guys behave. Don't kill him. Here's a ditch. Put him in the ditch. Put him in the ditch. And we'll see after. And the Pasik tells us, Vahabir Reik Ain Bimayim. Chapter thirty seven, verse twenty-four Periglamid Zion Posikh of Dalit. Fahaber Reik Aim Bem The ditch was empty and there was no water. Rashi says, Mayim embe Water was empty. There was no water, but there were snakes and scorpions. Because Rashi asks, If the ditch was empty, it's obvious there was no water. Why be repetition? Rashi says, there was no water, but there were snakes and scorpions. Water, if you keep your score at home, the Yimad Abba Vakama, Yudzayin 17, side 1 says water is used as a metaphor for study of Torah. We know it's the story of Rabbi Akiva where he tells of the fish cannot live without water. So too a Yid cannot live without Torah. So accordingly we understand what the Torah is ref- referencing here with the snakes and scorpions in the pit. By emphasizing there was no water in it. It should have just said that the ditch was occupied by harmful creatures. Snakes and scorpions are symbolic of spiritual ills. They're pretty much the lowest of the low this is the worst thing that can plague a person's life and this is ultimately an additional risk that's faced by those that not fill their lives of traitor It is the essence. These negative elements, the snakes, the scorpions, are synonymous with the absence of theta. It's an inevitable consequence. If we don't learn theta, we're going to allow impurity to come in. It's a vacuum created when the teda, when a person doesn't occupy his mind. For every free moment with the Tayra study. Tayra does not remain neutral. Tayra needs to go up and needs to rise. It needs to constantly be toiled. When one doesn't, Khman al When there's no water in it, automatically snakes and scorpions. Because these ideas are incompatible with the holy lifestyle. A Jew goes to sleep, as we are about to do. Hopefully, we'll make it through the hour before we do. (laughs) For those of us that are nodding off, including me, a Jew goes to sleep and a Jew dreams. An Anju goes to sleep, but An dreams. Yes, dreamt, and Parai dreamt. And both of them involved grain. What's the significant difference between them? Which ultimately reflects the fundamental disparity between them. Yes, if dream begins, my brothers were working together. We were toiling, we were rolling, we were cutting, and we were tying together the bundles. They were binding together the sheaves of grain. Paris dream, poof! The stocks just shut up. They grew on their own practically. Spontaneously, the difference between these dreams highlights the essence between the difference of where we draw our sustenance from whether we draw from Kedusha holiness or Rachman al the opposite from Klippa and unholy sources when we derive nourishment from unholy sources Rachman al-Litzlan is no effort involved when Esau told Moshe. told Moshe, we remember the fish that we ate free of charge in, is in Egypt. And Rashi explains, it doesn't mean the Egyptians were giving out food at no cost. Their lives in Egypt was free. It was carefree from mitzvahs, obligations, everything. Therefore, they refer to the fru- food as free of charge, because nourishment from Egypt is an allusion to all things unholy. Comes easily, without effort. On the other hand, if a life is nurtured exclusively by kedusha, everything is earned through hard work. And that is in fact God's mean of granting us the greatest degree of delight. For ultimately things that we toil for are that much more enjoyable. One who eats from the food of another is ashamed. It's called lechem busha. Chameini. And he's ashamed to look at his benefactor's face. The blessings we enjoy most are those we earned, not those that were handed to us for free. And therefore it's only natural that the dreams of Yosef representing the good and holy began with toil and labor. And the dreams of Parai represented unholy where the growth did not involve labor. The one who follows the demanding path of Yisuf, however, can rest assured that the successes will follow the pattern of Yisuf's dreams, where he becomes a king. Though his beginnings were humble, he ultimately reached great heights. Yisuf's dreams as well, which progressed from the plant kingdom on earth to the celestial beings on high. And this is what Yisif ruled over. This is where Yisif shone. And this is where his dreams ultimately came into fruition. And we too want to turn around and look at our golos and say, They were as if we were dreaming. And may we wake up from these dreams. We make, May we wake up we are the Shafer of Mashiach the blast of the shafer may it awaken us speedily in our days tonight. May we be Zecheh, this Hanukkah, to see the Meneira lit in Yiddish Shalayim Rakhaydish in the Beis Mikdash Ashlishi with Shabbos and Afreelach and Hanukkah.